everybody. Uh, this is I am I am back in Philadelphia, so I'm now in a different closet than I was for the past like three episodes, and I'm back to the the OG, the original setting with the, the blanket on the floor and the pillow in the corner. I'm John. How are you doing? I'm I'm okay. I haven't moved anywhere. I'm still <laughs> at my at my grandparents' house. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm okay. I've had a very long week. Uh, when we recorded our last episode, uh, that night I went to a friend's house and said friend has VR. So I spent, I I, I spent a few days in, 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 in ye old Oculus. I, I played a few games, but like the most notable thing for me was like actually playing VR chat in VR. Very, (laughs) very good experience. Um, I have a, I have a Vriska avatar, so... I was I, gonna, I was <laughs> gonna mention being Vriska in VR chat. It's insane to, to, to be her. You, you actually become <laughs> her. She, she invades your mind, and you, you just become her. It, it's insane. I the... killed someone in VR. It was crazy. <laughs> Doing the Vriska binaural beats. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't believe, also, uh, I don't know if this is going to be audible, I can't, I'm looking at the waveform, and I, I, I just mentioned being back in Philadelphia, and right there I see the little rumble that comes up whenever the SEPTA train that's right next to my apartment goes by, and it, it's the little bass rumble. It's good. Uh, it feels good to be back. Oh, um, man. I, I, I have a, I have something special for this episode, let me, let me, oh, there, there we go. Uh, I got a, I got a can of Fago. Um, oh. <laughs> we, we'll get to Fago in a few episodes, but it's good to have it now. I don't think it's ever good to have. No, it's good. I mean, eh. I mean, Red Pop, the default flavor of Fago, is kind of, kind of underwhelming. I'm a big fan <laughs> of uh, Pineapple Fago. I, I'm pretty sure we've had this conversation before, but I, I've i tried Fago, uh, like, once or twice. I don't remember what flavors I had, because it was a long time ago, but I remember being distinctly very unimpressed by it. I hate... I, I, it, to me, it's just Red Pop. Like, there are great flavors out there. Like, there's the cotton candy flavor one, which is, like, insane. Uh, but, yeah, for, for, like, the default flavor, it's... 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 It's not good. It... It's like a... Like a solid four out of ten. Maybe once we get to the part where we get to it, uh, I'll like try whatever the perp- the grape flavor is, and I'll <laughs> see if I like that. Um, <laughs> you're you're only saying the grape flavor because of the 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 the, the Fago tweet. The, uh, Come on, I I see right through you. The the Fago Nike tweet. Can, can we talk about the Fago tweet for just a second? I don't. I'm going to assume that if you are a it tapped into Homestuck in 2020 that you probably saw the Fago tweet. But in case anybody is not aware of the Fago tweet, the other day, um, uh, Fago, I believe it was the official Fago account, right? Yeah. Uh, the official Fago account, uh, tweets out like a fan made, uh, shoe design. This threw me for a loop on its own, uh, because I was like, wait, do they have the rights to like post a, like a Nike thing? I, I don't know, whatever. Um, but the real fucking disorienting thing is that the the shoe was purple and the design name was like grape something and fucking uh, Gamzee the, the 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 troll is like 
there's like a little chibi gamzy on the on the shoe like an illustration and the fago the the fago cat just tweets this out uh i don't it's scary it's it's, it's scary it's it's scary and I, I i think what what attributes to the scare factor is we haven't had something like this happen for like a few years like back back in back in the heyday of homestuck like this was kind of a pseudo normal thing like we had the snoop dog situation where he yeah he tweeted out fan art of him with the uh, nepeta and Mulan, yeah. Uh, and, yeah uh and there were a few other like smaller instances and i think the last notable instance of something like this happening was the arby's account they they mm. did one of their dumb like cardboard things for uh the 10-year anniversary of homestuck that was uh, <laughs> yeah that was i remember seeing that as well the the arby's account to me i I feel ba- a little bit worse about dunking on it relative to other brand accounts. Not much, uh, because it's still, like, a really shitty, cynical brand account. But, like, somebody with some talent is, like, making those little paper things. Oh, yeah. And I respect whoever does that. Um, but it's probably really unfortunate uh, that they- that somebody is, like, pulling them at gunpoint. And it's like, hey, fucking make Sailor Moon out of Arby's. <laughs> it's tragic. It's-, it's really tragic. I wish it were happening, like, under not a brand. I would like to see... Th- those works oh non-branded yeah, sure. because it's like insane but it's... i hope whoever does that uh gets a better job yeah uh, and then like makes an account with this do that for fun uh, Ar- arby's arby's cardboard worker if you're listening uh <laughs> get out of there it... <laughs> shoot us a gofundme we'll retweet it <laughs> get the arby's worker out of there uh i don't i don't know if i have any other banter topics before we really just start talking about the reading you got uh, anything else i mean nothing else has been really going on with me except that i've i've had like a weird influx in buying video games nice. th- that i don't know if i'm gonna get around to playing like today uh the uh the the lego marvel collection went on sale on psn oh, for 17 dollars. i <laughs> i i feel bad because like I know the Lego games are like stupid kiddie stuff and for babies, but they're so fun and I I can't help but play them because they like (laughs) appeal to like my completionist nature. They're so easy to complete and it's so fun. I love Legos. I'm I'm a giant baby, but (laughs) but they're good. They're so good. I mean, I buy every new Destiny two season that comes out. So like (laughs) that's worse. That's way worse. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway, we read, um, 1779 to 1933 for today. Is that correct? That, that is correct. That is exactly what we read. Where we left off to the fake out end of Act 4 before the real end of Act 4, which will be next week. Uh, or, uh, tomorrow, if you're us and you're trying to recuperate on your depleted backlog of recorded episodes in advance. Haha. Haha, people behind the curtain. Um... But yeah, uh, this reading was a little bit weird to take notes on because the first half of it is like super uh, light on dialogue. Yeah. So I covered like uh, the f- like a significant number of the pages within like two pages of notes, and then I have three more pages of notes for like the last like um, I don't know, like fifty pages of the reading. Bro, I need to see your notes. That's a that's a lot of notes. Uh, I'm actually... I, I started out doing the notes on this, 
in like one of the sections of like a multi-section notebook. I got this multi-section notebook for my last year of college because I was like, all right, I know how much, how many notes I take on average. And I know that I'm probably not going to need a bunch of individual notebooks. And I didn't. I didn't actually use a lot of paper during the year. Uh, but like, I I started doing one of the four sections. I think this has like a hundred pages in it or something. And I'm almost out of them. Uh, I like, I like to write things down just to make sure that I really uh, remember what I'm thinking at the time. Yeah. And half the time I still forget anyway. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I I like to. I, I, now that I look at it, I do have a fuck. There's a fucking lot of paper here. Crazy. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I take my job very seriously. <laughs> uh. <laughs> anyway, um, let's let's uh dive in. Actually, what happens, shall we? Let's do it. Let's let's, let's pop off. Let's go crazy. <laughs> this reading pops off pretty quickly. It, it does. Uh, like so. Where we left off. Um, we actually don't resume where we left off. Uh, so, we go, we, we come back, uh, to, uh, the Peregrine Mendicant, or past PM, um, on her mission, uh, to retrieve the crowns of the White Queen and White King, uh, for Jack Norris so she can get her the green package, um, which, if we remember, has been opened and, uh, used rather effectively already. Yeah. Um, so we have it on PM, uh, preparing to depart for the battlefield to get the crown from the White King. Uh, on her way over there, um, the, the, I guess, Kids Universe, uh, CD appears. The Courtyard Droll, he's called here. And man, oh man, does this guy have some fucking drip. It's, it's, it's so good. I, I, f- it's I fucking love this crazy guy. amounts of drip. He's he's <laughs> flooding these panels. It's it's so much. Just absolutely soaked. Uh, but yeah, um, he uh <laughs> somehow sneaks up on her, even though his hat alone is almost as tall as she is. Uh, picks her pocket and steals the White Queen's ring. Um, PM does not notice this again somehow. Uh, and departs on the shuttle for the battlefield. Um, CD is, uh, he receives some communications from the, the hegemonic brute, uh, if you will, HB, um, on this operation of retrieving the, the, the ring. And something funny here, uh, is that HB tells CD that he doesn't have to wear that outfit anymore. Um, and, uh, he says that he would rather still wear the outfit, uh, but the HB has nothing to say about that. I, uh, this is completely justified. If I had a hat like that, I would never take it off. Yeah, uh, my, my old error right there, I'm gonna have to correct you, call, call you out in front of everyone. Uh, he's actually talking to DD, um, not, not, not HB. I guess I wrote down the wrong, the wrong name, um, but, you know, whatever. Silly fool. HB (laughs) is on the battlefield tracking the king. That that's that's what he's doing right now. Okay, well, it could have been from either. I don't know. Whatever. It, it it's not that important. Yeah, it, it's not that important. I just felt like <laughs> calling you out in front of God and everyone. That's 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 completely fair. Uh, I basically do this to make a mockery of myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> the number the number of like my real life friends who like message me or like when when I when we first announced we we're doing this who are like. 
so you're doing a fucking podcast about the cringy old webcomic. And I was like, yeah, dude. Uh, I, it, it, I, I, I'm basically doing this to make an embarrassment of myself, um, Cring- but I'm proud of it. Cringe-ass Nene Aiden. At it again. <laughs> Rest in peace. Um, I'm, it's, it's okay to be cringe. There's nobody I'd rather be than me. <laughs> okay, um... Yeah, I, anyway, cannot blame uh, CD for wanting to wear the outfit. It's it's drip. Um, unfortunately for him, uh, he is immediately interrupted by Dream Jade, who flies in, just absolutely beats the shit out of him, uh, and takes the ring with intent the intent to get it back to PM. Um, yeah, CD absolutely brutalized here. Uh, gets his hat knocked off. Tragic shit. Almost feel um, bad for him. <laughs> poor, poor little yeah. man. Poor little guy. Um. Yeah, Jade takes the ring. Uh, the it's too late. PM has already flown off. Um, so Jade puts on the ring to remind herself that she's carrying it. Uh, we get the information: the ring does not work on humans. Um, there's a little funny dream panel. Uh, where like she scribbled. Uh, like, transformed, uh, but nope, not real. So, okay, so this happens, uh, and then we cut to the battlefield itself, um, where WV is but a hapless farmer, and then we get one of the fucking coolest flashes of all time. Oh yeah, it, it's good. SWV rise up, um, this is... So what happens in it? Um, so we see first the battlefield evolving as the prototypes uh, get added to the session over time. Like it starts out like a tiny little chessboard with the pieces in with the kings in eternal stalemate. Uh, it gets bigger. It's like a real chessboard. Um, it gets bigger again. It's like a big cube. And then we see the third prototype. It turns into the planet that it is right now. Um, this is kind of our first view into both the bat like skaya as like a place or like and like the battlefield as a place and yeah. the actual war that's happening between the kingdoms yeah um there's the we see the the king uh the kings they have uh scepters that actually have like a little miniature skaya on top um the i i i, I looked at the notes here just to be sure because this was a little bit confusing to me um, but according to Hussey, I don't know how important this is, but apparently those, the, the, the scepters, the little sky on top of them is actually just sky itself, and it is just recursively contained uh, the scepters, and I kind of hate that. I, Hussey, why? <laughs> I mean, it's, like, cool, but it's also really, really stupid. Yeah. Uh, Hussey, stop injecting computer science mathematical nonsense into the story. What are you doing? One of the things that he says in his notes is that, um, uh, this opens up the possibility of an attack where, like, the king just swings a scepter at you, you get absorbed into the tiny Skya, uh, and you end up just right back out at the, like, out by the veil. Uh, And you have to fly all the way back to the battlefield. Uh, Jesus. Uh, and this makes you wonder, this makes me kind of lament that we never get to see, uh, an actual proper, uh, Black King boss fight, because that would probably be really... That, it would open up some good jokes. Yeah. But yeah. Um, 
So we see the we see the kings. Uh, we see all of the giant freak mutant chess piece soldiers fighting it out. Um, we see two armies of pawns like marching on one another. Uh, before WV um through his, I guess his sheer charisma and hatred of monarchy, uh calls upon the armies of pawns and rallies them together to form a rebellion to march on the Black King. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. But yeah, I do have to wonder, like, what he said to them. Mm-hmm. The, does, the, you, you said you looked at the notes. Does Hussey not mention anything? Not really. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, nothing that's not, like, a joke. Yeah. Uh, it, Like, I don't know. Maybe... <sighs> I don't, I don't want to come across as too insulting to WV, but he is a little bit of a dipshit. Yeah, uh, he's <laughs> he. Uh, but through this flash, it's it's kind of revealed he's just kind of a he's just kind of a bumpkin farmer. Like, what? Why? Why would these armies listen to him? Uh, maybe the pawn. I mean, wild speculation here. Like, we saw the. I mean, Jack Noir seems to intrinsically just kind of be unhappy with the with, with his job and maybe it wouldn't be too far reaching to say that maybe the pawns are a little bit uh they're not the most passionate about their jobs yeah uh but still like really really um kind of kind of pathetic on in on part of Durst that all of their soldiers who most of them are like genetically modified like grown in a lab are can just be immediately swayed by the voices of a farmer yeah yelling from the top of a hill with a with a flag i don't know i i, I would join wv i think i would but too. also i simply would not be enrolled in, enlisted in the durse army same <laughs> either army for that matter i would simply not be a soldier that would be very based of me <laughs> um Let's see. I don't. I don't want to go in, down another tangent of like joking about like what if the, the 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 kingdoms have like army recruiters. Uh, moving <laughs> on. Um. Let's see. Uh, so WV leads this rebellion of soldiers uh up against the Black King. Um, he's he looks shocked by it, but doesn't really have much time to see. We don't really have much time to see what would have happened if this fight were to pan out. Because Jack Noir uh, swoops in, uh, destroys the Black Knight's scepter. Uh, I don't know how broken it actually is, but he slices it in half. Uh, and promptly murders the shit out of the Black King. Um, we cut to another part of the battlefield where we see uh, the uh, PM is exchanging uh, information with the White King. Uh, and is about to get the scepter before uh, HB, who I just erroneously said was talking to CD, uh, tackles them, um, and the scepter gets tossed aside, uh, which, and we see it land on the ground, uh, and that's the end of that flash. Uh, what did you, what did you think of this? Great, great flash. Pretty Uh, fucking tight. Uh, uh, I like to see WV, just in (laughs) general. Uh, yes. But, but at the same time, I do like seeing Jack just, like, fuck shit up. Jack is a cool villain. He's so cool. And I'll, I'll, I'll refrain from the next statement I was going to say. Um, <laughs> I'd forgotten how cool the clown guy with the 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 clown furry guy with one arm was. 
Um, I, something that like immediately jumped out to me when I was watching this was that, uh, the this music is so Toby Fox. Yeah. Um, that it hurts. Yeah. And so I, I looked. At, I looked at the sound credit page. Um, it's not his original composition, but it is a remix of a track. Okay. Um, but this is like I think the third thing that uh major like Toby Fox um song that we've seen so far. Yeah. But it's the one of the first it's like probably the first one that I like heard and I was like that is extremely Toby Fox. Uh the, the pr- previously there was the the Dave and Bro fight flash um on page 1070. Yeah. And then there was uh Black from Jack Ascend which is like another incredibly notable Homestuck track. Yeah. Uh, but this one was, like, jumped out to me more as being, like, Toby Fox's musical style. Um, but yeah. I am nodding in agreement. <laughs> Not really a lot to say about that, besides that, like, Toby Fox's music is really good. Shout out, shout um, out Toby. There's another song, not too many pages beyond this, uh, that he also did that is also extremely good, but we're not there yet. And we will not be there yet in this episode. Uh, it's in the act four. Um, anyway, <laughs> so we get through this whole battlefield sequence. Uh, well, just again to like to touch back on like what I thought about like seeing the battlefield. I think it's like it's cool to see something inside Skya because like previously Skya is like really just a nebulous concept, and it still sort of is. Yeah. Uh, or, like, okay, so we've seen, like, a planet in Skya. I don't know if this is the entirety of Skya or if this is just, like, an instance of something in Skya. Like, if, this, if the battlefield just exists only to host the fight and nothing else. Uh, but, like, it's cool to see. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I like it when things that are nebulous concepts become uh, a, a, a tangible reality. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Um, let's see. After so after this flash, uh, we go to Rose on her planet, uh, accompanied by Casey slash uh, uh, Vicer Viceroy Bubbles von Salamancer. Yeah. was it? Yeah, that, okay. that's it. Uh, great name. Uh, and we get the first of two alchemy binges that we get uh, in this reading. Um, there's like some kind of relevant stuff in this, so I'm gonna skip over a bunch of the bullshit. Uh, does that is that you good with that? Yeah, that's fine. We don't have to talk about the bron- the bronzed vacuum umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the first easy thing, uh, she combines uh her laptop plus uh the little like power hub plus her hairband, so that we get one of these convenient hands free always available uh pester chum cl- user things slash computers, so we don't have to fucking deal with more laptop bullshit. Um. And the other thing important here is that she makes a set of magic needles, uh, out of, out of her knitting needles and out of a chitty wizard statue, and then combines it further with the, uh, grimoire for summoning the zoologically dubious. Um, the, the grimoire thing has come up before in, like, if you, if you use this for anything in the video game, uh, bad shit happens. Yeah. Um, and now she's actually gone and done it. Um, 
and it at first when it happens it kind of reads like a joke i guess um but the the page caption says any sane adventurer would cast these instruments of the occult into the furthest ring and forget they ever existed uh rose is not necessarily the most sane adventurer uh as as we see here um and she promptly uses her new weaponry to murder a swath of approaching monsters. Um, as we move on, uh, we get we go back to Jade, uh, who is building on Dave's apartment building. Um, so just like a visual detail that I kind of liked here was that Dave. We've seen this before, but like wanted to make note of it is that Dave's apartment building has had, like, all of the lower floors, like, stripped out, and there's only, like, a, uh, like, a scaffolding yeah. below. I think that's kind of neat in terms of, like, uh, the the session pulled specifically the house that the player lives in into the planet, and so none of the, nothing, none of the other apartments in the, in the building were pulled with it. Like, it's not the most, uh... It's, like, minor, but I think it's kind of a neat detail. Yeah, but at the same time, like, that's that's how he was transported into the session, which means that the scaffolding was ripped out of the building, <laughs> destroying all of the, the the units that were below his. Just, so, like, gone. Like, two seconds before a meteor destroyed the I, entire building I mean, anyway. I mean, yeah, but, like, that's a lot. Yeah, it could also just be, like, a game construct. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, see how dare you not give us this essential detail, Hussy? Come on, what are you, what are you doing? Come the, f- come the fuck on, man. Um, so let's see. We uh, Dave, uh, Jade, uh, herself, she's doing this while she's asleep. Uh, so Dream Jade is like doing the construction. Um, she is deliberately keeping herself awake in in prospect slash sleep in uh on on Earth, I guess. Um, so that she can greet Dream John whenever he wakes up. Uh, and before we move out of this panel, I noticed that one of the fucking prospicians here is, uh, a character who shows up again much later. Oh! Um, I didn't even yeah. notice! Yeah, there she is. That's her! That's... Uh, yeah. Nah, we'll, we can wait for the name drop. Um, mm-hmm. it's her. But I was just, uh, I, I was, I, I was kind of caught off guard by this. Um, it's, it's her, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's another character who comes in later that is kind of minor and easy to forget about, but is also, like, I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, okay. (laughs) So, after, I don't, I'm sorry. Uh, so after (laughs) this, um, I, I had, like, half a beer while, uh, (laughs) while, uh, I was waiting for you to stop being done babysitting earlier. Um, so please excuse me. <laughs> You're acting up off of one beer? I'm fucking wasted, dude. <laughs> I'm seven pounds, I can't handle these 2.5% IPAs. You hate to see it. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so, picking up, uh, after that, um, we get back to Dave, uh, who himself is about to, uh, go on his own little alchemy binge. There is not really anything super relevant here, uh, but there's a lot of stuff that's really funny. Yeah, there, there's a this... lot of good bits. I mean, there's some like cool imagery, like the turntop. I think I think the turntop is like one of the coolest things 
it's sort of cool, I guess. Hey, um, it's it's really yeah. cool, and I'm I want li- one. <laughs> okay, I would like one as well. I'm a little bit, I guess, like from like a visual standpoint, I'm a little bit less impressed by like uh, photoshopping like a TV screen down really small, um, and putting like a like a le- like a lens glare effect on it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> my my yeah, my my main problem with the turntop is that th- this this like half keyboard design that you see you've seen a lot of like ergonomic designed keyboards today. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate I hate the split keyboard design. That's the one gripe. I think it's kind of cool. <sighs> we can't keep having these disagreements over stupid things. <laughs> Listen, like, okay, if you can't appreciate like a fucking stupid looking keyboard, like. Come on. Are you even really, like, a CS nerd? I I like some stupid keyboards. There's just some stupid keyboards that are too stupid for me. <laughs> Man, I bet those things just, like, you, they, you can, they can, like, float at an angle, like, perfectly accommodate your wrist. It's got to be the most comfortable thing ever to type on. Uh, fuck you. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Next page. It does not. not matter. Um, he makes... Dave makes some more, uh, like, different outfits... Uh, the, he makes, like, the red plush puppet tux. Um, he fucks around with, uh, some of the items that, uh, were in Future Dave's, uh, inventory. Um, so he sees, like, different weapons he can make that he can't afford yet. Um. We get the sword. The sword. <laughs> I, I did not find this out until, like, last year that the sword was based on the Final Fantasy X sword. I I fucking hate Final Fantasy X. I it blew my mind that the it because because I saw I I saw like some gameplay of Final Fantasy X and I saw the sword and I was like that's that's the that's the sword. <laughs> I I knew that it was based on that for a while, but like it was one of those like really low priority facts that like. I just kind of, like, I kind of know it, but at the same time, I don't really care enough to, like, remember what the sword is called. Like, the one in the game. I, I hate Final Fantasy X. Uh, I tried to play that game when I was, like, 11, and even I understand it was, even back then, I was like, this is a fucking embarrassing mess. I thought, Uh, I thought X was, like, one of the ones that a lot of people like. Yeah, well, they're wrong. I, I, I only played, uh, Seven. And fifteen. I've, I've not actually played. Uh, I've not played seven. Um, Final Fantasy tangent. Uh, I've played <laughs> all of Final Fantasy nine. That one's my favorite because uh, it's the one that I've actually finished, and it's got the best characters in it. Yeah. Um, I've played a little bit of the remake of seven, and it's pretty good. But uh, I haven't like felt the drive to keep playing it because it's one of those things where like I just I just get embarrassed with myself whenever I'm like, wow, Tifa's really hot, and then I'm like. This is kind of cringe, dude. And I have to stop. Yeah. Um, all, all of my exposure to... Well, my primary exposure to like Final Fantasy characters and concepts is through Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know. I kind of like the, the Kingdom Hearts versions of these characters like a lot. Like, like uh, when I played Final Fantasy VII, I was a little kid. So, like... Mm-hmm. A lot of like Cloud's character did not register with me, and so I am like one of the few people who prefer like hyper edgy Kingdom Hearts Cloud with his dumb design. God, his design's so stupid. It's so stupid, but it I love it. it... The the Buster Sword with the bandages on it is 
kind of tight though. Okay, yeah, that that it is. It's point. It's it's cool. It's kind of cool. It looks cool. Uh, but yeah. Um, and Final Fantasy fifteen. I know a lot of people don't like it that much, I, but I, 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 very few video games offer a comprehensive experience wherein you can just drive around in your straight sports car with your hetero buddies. <laughs> And just chill out on the highway, and I think it's it's beautiful. It's good. Very good game. Um, it made me cry out of ten. More games should do that. Uh, bo- both both make John cry and have uh, <laughs> cool car sports car driving sequences. If if a game makes me cry, it's like automatically good. But if it has the the sports car, it's even better. Mm-hmm. I I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Um. Yeah. Uh. Sword, Dave makes sword, sword funny. Sword is funny. The uh, I love just the, the like. The, the, it's so shit that he can barely even hold it. Such a, such a funny joke. Like not being able to like physically touch something because of how bad it is. <laughs> it's it's it's. Uh, this has been like probably my favorite joke in the entire comic. Uh, I I've probably said about other things, um, but. The the sword is has been incredibly funny to me consistently for as long as I can remember. Just the the implication of like translating like a zero percent quality JPEG into real life, and it it's like it's like platonic quality of shittiness just translating completely accurately. <laughs> it's so it's, good. It, it's a great joke. Uh, and, like, the the image of, like, Dave's hands turning into Sweet Bro and Hello Jeff when he's trying to hold it is hilarious. I fucking love the sword. It's good. Um, let's see. Let's, uh, what else does he make? He makes, he combines, uh, Future Dave's sword, um, and an image of Snoop Dogg and the air, the tiny air conditioner to make the Snoop Dogg snow cone machete. Um, which is, again, a really funny image. Not as funny to me as the sword, but every time Hussy photoshops, like, a picture of Snoop Dogg in and, like, blurs a little bit, it's instant comedy. Um, he makes the second funniest joke in Homestuck, which is Unreal Air, uh, which is the Sweet Pro and Hell Jeff and his, in a skateboard, and just creates a shitty JPEG skateboard that flies away. Uh, part of the comedy of the sword and Unreal Air is that they cost zero grist. Also, yeah, uh, I I love that they're so shitty that you can just make one for free. Uh, like these items exist in the game's like compendium, and they're just like these are so just give them to them for free. You don't they? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> uh, let's see. There's the vintage game, bro, which is you know kind of funny. Um. Uh, I, I, the graphic design on these is superb. Um, he makes some other, he makes the pseudorangs, which are whatever. Uh, another suit, another suit, and, uh, some weird smuppet shit. You hate it. I hate, I hate it. We all hate it. We hate to see it. Uh, foam fetal Mr. T in a jar. Uh, (laughs) whatever, dude. Um, and then the, the, the last thing he makes, I don't remember if, like, there's anything this is ever used for a joke ever again, but through a sequence of, uh, 
of of alchemizations. He creates a camera that just prints out. Uh, a, you point at something and it prints out a sweet brew and hell of Jeff strip about it. Um, I don't remember if this gets a lot of use later, but it's great. I hope it does. It's good. I I like items that cost negative grist. Yes, it it gives you artifact grist. It gives you bad item to make it. <laughs> um, pretty pretty good. This the little uh this little super on Jeff is also pretty funny. Uh, like the the one that's like um the only thing that's left to do really the the only thing that's left to really do is watch that whole ass fail. It's good. Or fall. I don't know. It, it's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, and then we get to like the actual important thing out of the sequence. Big moment. Um, Dave uh makes copies of Rose's journals and takes a look at them. Um, the first one is a book just of meow, M-E-W-O, uh, genetic code that Rose has transcribed subconsciously. The second one is Rose's shitty wizard, uh, fiction. God, it's so shitty. Did you try to read it? I, every, every time Complacency of the Learned is, like, presented to me, I'm like, I'm gonna try. And mm-hmm. and I I always get through it, but it's it it takes me so long and is such a headache to get through. I <sighs> like I love Rose. Rose is such a good character, but God, Rose, stop, <laughs> please. I okay. It is fucking awful, and it is really 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 hard to read. Um, and I was a little bit pissed off when I read the whole thing, and there was nothing of note in it. Uh, it, but I th- I think. Uh, complacency of the learned is like kind of a sign of like how Hussey can be talented at writing when he wants to be. Yeah, because what he's done here is he's made a very realistic, uh, very realistic piece of creative writing for a thirteen-year-old who is incredibly self-satisfied with her vocabulary. Yeah, and it it feels like that. It it does a very yes. good job at feeling like that. It's too good at feeling like that. Uh, Hussey. I don't know what to say after that. Just hussy. I, it, 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 oh my god, English. <laughs> um, it, it, it's it's good. I like that it's here. I don't like that there's like a whole page of it. Um, I I feel like you could have cut this wall of text in half and kind of gotten the point across. But you know, shame on me for trying to read it. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 a really effective uh like little. I don't even know if it's like effective characterization because like I don't know if we really need this characterization, but it, it's it's a great illustration of like Rose's abilities. Yeah. In terms of like both being really, she's a really good writer for being thirteen, but she's still thirteen. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, it reminds me a little bit. Uh, did you ever read Aragon as a kid? I I did not read Aragon. I completely completely avoided it. Okay. Uh. Aragon, for those of you who are too young to remember, like, the foundational works of, like, early, like, when YA fiction was kind of taken off, um, Aragon was, like, a, a book about a guy, uh, and dragons, uh, written by, I think the kid who wrote it was, like, 
really young. Um, I don't remember if he was like fourteen or like seventeen, but he was like, uh, he was like a minor. He was a kid. Um, and it's uh, that those books got really popular among kids. Um, but it this they're basically a plot. The plot is basically like kind of like this, where it's a word salad of encyclopedic like characters and concepts, and the plot is just a ripoff of Star Wars. Uh, so, like, it, this is a, this is a good analog to a, a like, real world, like, when, when, when a, when a young person who is pretty good for their age at writing, but still really young, uh, writes something. It, it reminded me of that. Um. Okay. I don't know, I don't, yeah. Bit of a tangent, but, yeah. Um, the only, one of the only things in this that, like, I thought was really funny was, like, the phrase soft-skulled prophets as a concept yeah. is pretty good. Yeah. Other than that, um, it, it's, it's just word salad. Yeah. Um, enough about complacency of the learned. Um, Dave, uh, is, Dave is equally off put by it. Um, he, so he decides to take the books, uh, and just throw them somewhere. Um, I, it, 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 him use it, him like the sign needs a bookmark for it is really funny to me. Yeah. Uh, cause like I, I don't like, <laughs> like I don't know you plan you really plan to read that Dave. Um, but he bookmarks he bookmarks uh his place with the suburb beta, uh and throws it on the toilet in his room, um and then goes to uh check up on Rose and uh, see what she's up to. This is our first, and this is our first pasture log in, like, a hot minute here. Like, a good, like, what, like, 70 pages is the first piece of dialogue. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, so Dave checks in our rose. Um, he catches her burning her original copy of the code book. And he asks her what she's doing. Um, and she says, I am, uh, I'm, I'm burning the genetic code at the behest of the gods of the furthest ring." Uh, she explains that uh, she hears them in her sleep uh, from Durs. Uh, Dave is really weirded out by this. He has never heard or seen them, and uh, is, is just, just finds this whole affair to be really strange that she is suddenly just doing things on the uh, on the command of some freaky elder gods that he's never heard about. Uh, after this, Dave Sprite uh, checks in on Rose as well and asks, like, "All right, so what are you really doing?" Uh, and Rose, again, iterates that she is burning the genetic code at the behest of the Elder, the, the elder Gods of the Furthest Ring. Um, Dave Sprite, uh, notes that, that there was no reason to do that in the time that he was from, that the book was just useless. Uh, but according to Rose, apparently Dave coming back, uh, becoming Dave Sprite has somehow changed the timeline in such a way that it is now of the utmost importance to destroy the genetic code that she has subscribed, she has transcribed. Yeah. Um, this Dave is familiar with the, with the elder gods apparently, um, but does not enjoy listening to them. Uh, and yeah, um, they, and they decide a case the fuck closed, um, with regards to the code. um, there's another great Dave line here where he comes back in, where, where our Dave comes back in, uh, and it's like, what the fuck's going on? 
Um, and he says, uh, between you taking orders from Dream Beasts and Birdwing me with, like, future secrets, I'm doing some sort of spectacular fucking jackknife off the loop and getting a wink and a nod from Barack Obama. Barack Obama uh, is so funny. Legendary typo. It's it's so good. I love typos in 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 works of fiction like this. It it's good, especially when most it's the, this funny. Yeah, most of the typos. I, I think there've been a bunch of typos recently. Um, like the sheer volume of dialogue being written. Uh, and I, something probably here that I didn't really think of until now is that Hussey probably can't use a spell check or anything on all this shit because the like. Rose is the only one who talks with proper grammar. Yeah. And so it just wouldn't work. And so there are a bunch of typos throughout this, but this is the the this is the funny typo. This is the infamous Obana typo. <laughs> Not much to say about it besides that it's 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 pretty funny. And again with the Dave Obama references. Um let's see. But yeah. Uh so yeah, Rose is suddenly uh like Rose is suddenly really into the 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 gods of the furthest ring, and it's it's weird. It seems to be uh weirding both both Dave's and me out a little bit. Yeah, it it does seem really sudden. It's very abrupt, for sure. Because because she said that she she only heard them like once she like made the journey from like her tower to Dave's tower. Mm-hmm. So that was only one instance of her hearing them, and she's just kind of just going with it. I kind of chalked it up to, like, her making the needles and, like, using the the magic associated with them was probably, like, strengthened her connection or let them let her hear them else times or yeah. something. Yeah. That could work. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I I, my, I I chalk it up to the her actually using the grimoire in alchemy or like within the like her using its attributes somehow within the game has suddenly made her more susceptible to its influence. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my speculation. Um, let's see, Dave. Uh, Dd. Uh, whatever his what's his name, Draconian dignitary. Uh, in this in this universe. Um shows up in in Dave's room. Uh Dave and Dave Sprite have a comical conversation. They have like a Looney Tunes ass conversation yeah. <laughs> about like well, uh I, uh I guess now that Rose is burned the book, you know, I guess everything's alright. You don't have to worry about it. Let's go upstairs and uh, get our copy. I hope nothing uh I hope no comedically timed intruder steals it. It it reminded me it it, it reminded me of the uh the the Scooby Doo YouTube poop where like the the caveman is in the ice and <laughs> and, and Shaggy's we're like we're out here we're out here and he's in here and it's it's so good where's the caveman <laughs> classic classic shit if you're too young to remember YouTube poops don't worry about what we're talking about um but yeah. Uh, great stuff. Classic, classic, classic YTP there, Skooks. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, lo and behold, when Dave goes back up to his room, the the journals and the beta are gone. Oh no! Uh, and and there's also a corpse 
of another Dave who seems to have had uh, the idea to go back in time and try to stop the thief and fail. Um, this is a little, uh, I don't know, this is a little abrupt, I guess. It, it's, it's like, offset a little bit by the comedic, by like the fucking Looney Tunes, uh, set up, like, set up punchline thing that we've just encountered the past five panels, but also, like, damn, there's, like, a Dave corpse there, just covered in blood. Yeah. Fucked up. It's a lot to take in. Like, we talked about, um, with the intermission, how there was, like, this giant escalation of, like, insane bloody violence. Yeah. Happening in the comic, and, like, that didn't really happen until probably this reading with, uh, I guess first with Dave chopping up the, um, the, the Black King. Uh, but now there's just, like, one of our main characters is, like, well, we, it's not him, strictly, but, oh, there's a, there's a Dave corpse on the ground. Yeah. And he throws, and he throws his own corpse out the window, uh, to avoid Jade seeing it and freaking out. It's kind of fucked up. Which is, which is very thoughtful of him. Yeah. Oh, I, I just now noticed that, that Dee Dee is right there. Yeah, I, I didn't notice. I'm I'm not noticing a lot of things today. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you, you you good? I don't I don't think I'm good. That's unfortunate. Um, but uh, I don't know. I was gonna say something really mean that I would realize I would feel bad. So I hope you feel better. And now we're back to John. <laughs> okay. Emotional moment over. Uh, a bunch of shit happens here. Yeah, uh... This John segment is probably, like, one of my favorite parts in, like, all of Homestuck. It's pretty cool. The, there, there's so much that happens, so much explaining happens. It, it, it's good. This is one of those beautiful little sequences where, like, many questions are answered and more questions are posed. Yeah. Um... But yeah, this is like a pretty dense like part of the of, of the rest of this reading. Like the next like thirty odd pages or something. Like or not even like yeah, like the whole rest of the reading pretty much is here with John or like in John's periphery. Yeah. Um, cause this like this this part is like dense, not dialogue dense, but plot dense. Yeah. So, as a refresher of where John is, uh, John is on one of the meteors in the Vale. Um, he has followed uh, the um, who? Where did he come in from? Uh, um, he he was on Rose's planet. He he took the teleporter that that Mom took in that cave. Right, right, yeah. So he's followed uh, unknowingly followed the trail of uh, Rose's mom in. Um, but it's the same lab that Bro showed up in and that uh grandpa and dad showed up in um now now we're nowhere to be found but john is is exploring it and he's found one of these house terminals um and he is now going to just hit the same few buttons on it for a bunch of times and just let the plot happen at us um so this like this is a little bit of a brain hurty part but like not really when i was younger uh, I didn't understand fucking anything that happened here. Yeah. And now when I read it again, uh, I'm like, oh, this is, this shit is easy. Yeah. 
uh, now that I've learned how to have a wiki page open with the birthdays <laughs> of all the kids, it becomes a lot more straightforward. Yeah, the, the, the birthdays are, like, the significant part. The, like, the key that you need to understand, like, what's going on here. And then Carcat literally just explains yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So, what actually does happen? Um, there There's a bunch of uh, sequences that play out on the screen that basically show how the kids and the guardians come to be on Earth. So the first thing that we see uh, is on December 1st, 1995, which is Jade's birthday. Um, the uh, Betty Crocker factory um, on the West Coast of the United States, uh, that and that only means one thing in the context of this comic, uh, is destroyed by a meteor uh, while Dad Egbert and Nana Egbert uh, walk by. Um, the Crocker factory is apparently owned by a certain billionaire explorer, uh, and as, so that's our context for the past here, and as John watches the scene, um, he pushes the, the button, the, uh, the ghost juice button, and it purifies a paradox ghost imprint of Nana. Um, the, this is like a throwback to, um, we got the basic tutorial on how this shit works way way back in act three was it with uh i want to say act two it was not act two was it i i don't know these are all like running together i know it was in uh the lab next to rose's house rose did it with jack i want to say it's act two yeah damn um that that was years ago (laughs) um but yeah this this is just what we saw earlier with uh with jaspers and um the, the the green slime is if if you try to purify something uh from the past then you get a a a, a slime like a ghost imprint uh it's just paradox slime and it contains the genetic code for the thing uh from which you can make a paradox clone and that's uh how the that's how muty came into being yeah uh, but muty's an imperfect paradox clone because he's got like the four little eyes which is adorable. Um, but yeah, so we get the green, we get the Paradox Ghost imprint of Nana, um, which goes into one of the tubes. Um, John again presses the switch, uh, and the date switches to the 3rd of December, 1995, which is Dave's birthday. Um, we see Grandpa Harley, uh, and the... Adorable tiny baby Jade clutching the uh, sewn up rabbit that Rose gifted John or Rose is going to gift John. Um, we see them on the on the yacht sailing towards the island uh, and a meteor streaks overhead headed towards uh, a certain city in the central US. Uh, John pushes the big ghost juice button again, uh, makes a paradox ghost imprint of Grandpa that goes into another tube. Uh, we cut to Bro Strider uh, on the 4th of December, 1995, uh, who has just seen, who's, who's just uh, witnessed his favorite record store be destroyed by a meteor. Um, he is prepared for this occasion with a tiny pair of sunglasses uh, uh, matching his. Uh, so, something, something I want to point out about this particular part. Um, mm-hmm. Dave's birthday is on the third. Yeah, but 
Bro showed up on the fourth. Which he's been. I I mean the implication here is Dave was in a crater on his own for a day. He turned out fine. He turned out fine, but <laughs> I I don't know. It, I I feel like it just says a lot about Bro and Dave's relationship. Yeah. Um. This is one of those things where it's like. This is like less of a straightforward joke, I guess. I mean, it's 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 a little bit of a humorous Easter egg if you notice. Like, hey, like this is the day afterward. Um. But yeah, bro, showing up a day late to pick up baby Dave, kind of fucked up. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. Bro, yeah, bro, and the I like the detail of the tiny shades. They're um, funny. They're really funny. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, and we we saw like past Dave before he got the Ben Stiller, Starsky and Hutch shades was wearing those as well. Um, which is just it's fucked up to see Dave and not the Ben Stiller shades. Yeah, but yeah, uh, John presses the ghost juice tube again, the ghost the ghost juice button again, and uh, gets a paradox ghost imprint of Bro, which goes into the tube. Uh, he switches the view again. Um. And this one goes to the fourth of the thirteenth of April, nineteen ninety six, which, as we all know, is John's birthday. Um. And what happens here is, uh, mom is walking down the street, uh, up to what appears to be Dad Egbert's uh, prank joke shop. Yeah. Um, which is a a, gr- a great little bit of characterization for Dad. Um. I, I like that, uh, I, the, the dad, um, the degree to which dad actually is into, like, all the joke stuff, uh, is, is always, like, dubious, but it's cute that, uh, before John, before he started taking care of John, uh, he actually did run a joke shop. It's, it's cute. I well, like it. I, I feel like the implication might be that it's Nana's joke shop, because her face yeah. is kind of plastered on the window. Yeah. But um. But either way, it's good. It. It's good characterization. Either way it goes. Yeah. And I, it's like a the um. I mean, like it, the the text here says that uh dad came outside the shop to greet her. So either like dad did dad's like eyes bugged out and he went awooga and like steam shut out of his ears, or he's just being a good uh being a good businessman. Well, either one. Well, it 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 says that uh mom is in town uh at the behest of a famous and wealthy scientist who I I feel like the implication is that's grandpa. Yeah. So I I I I I feel like it's it's she was going to like talk to him about like what's going on with the meteors. I guess that makes sense. I like from the from like what happens here where she flees and dad um like it says that the gentleman discovers a clue it seemed to me like like dad just didn't know what was going on but it would probably make more sense if he did but i don't i don't know um yeah they're, they're you're probably right there's a lot of mis- mystery when it when it comes to the adult characters uh mm-hmm. it, it's one of the things that i wish was elaborated more on in homestuck proper yeah because I I think the story of the adults could be like really fascinating and like what they were doing like leading up to to the reckoning and everything. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, like, I feel like one of the, the more unfortunate things, like, that Homestuck kind of, like, borrows from, like, young adult fiction tropes is that, like, the adults are kind of non-characters, almost. Yeah. Uh, while, where, like, there's definitely a lot of really interesting stuff you could do with them. Like, I would love to get more elaboration on their relationship, like, the parental relationships. Yeah, which, um, I feel like, uh, the plan for Hive Swap and its eventual sequel, Haunt Switch, was to explore the, what the adults were up to, because, uh, at the beginning of Hive Swap Act 1, which takes place on Earth. Hive Swap is the video game, right? Yeah, Hive, like Swap's, the, Hive Swap's the video game. It's the point-and-click one. Uh, okay. th- you eventually go to the troll planet. I mean, like, everybody knows that. That's that's not really a spoiler or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you start out, you're in Grandpa's house, and, like, there's a framed picture of a young mom Lalonde and, like, hmm. the implication is that, like, she was a babysitter for his kids. Huh. And I feel like... Because, like, Han Switch was going to uh, explore, like, what was going on on Earth while Hive Swap explored what was going on on the Troll Planet. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they were planning on eventually exploring, like, what what the adults were up to on Earth. But I don't know if Han Switch is ever going to happen at this point. Because mm. Hive Swap Act 2 is still not out. And they were planning four acts of Hive Swap and then four acts of Haunt Switch, and I feel like that's that's not going to happen at this point. <laughs> that's really unfortunate because I think of all of the uh, of all of the extra canonical Homestuck material, I think that Hive Swap probably interests me the most. Yeah. Um, and so I was kind of looking forward the most to getting to it. Um, maybe by the time that we finish the comic, uh, there'll be a Hive Swap back too. Who knows? But. Yeah. The I, I the state of the whole Homestuck ecosystem, the modern Homestuck creative ecosystem right now is, like, questionable. It's falling apart, and we're the only thing holding it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, staying humble anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, praying for High Side Black 2. I actually didn't know that it was connected to the main comic. I thought it was, like, its own... Uh, like suburb session thing. No, but... it, it it tells like a different kind of story. Like it's mm. we we can maybe get to it one day if we decide to someday. do it to do it someday an episode on High Swap Act One someday. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyway, any, any, anyway, anyway. Um, I again misinterpret something that probably has a much easier explanation. Uh. Dad comes outside the shop, the the family owned uh, prankster's gambit joke shop, um, to greet uh, Mom Lalonde, and uh, a meteor fucking annihilates Nana uh, while he's stepped outside the joke shop. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. What an unfortunate um, way to go. <laughs> Absolutely I like obliterated. No- I would like to note. I think I could be. I could have dreamed this. I could have made this up. I think previously, um, I think it might have been the page where the urn shows up first. Yeah. Uh, back, way, way back in Act 1. There's a reference to Nana's tragic death. Yeah. Um, having to do with, like, a, a, a tall ladder and a 
very hefty copy of an unabridged joke book. Yeah. Which, which, which 1882 does set up. Um, but then it's, she is actually just killed by a meteor. <laughs> pretty, pretty good payoff, I've got to say. Yeah. Um, and mom has fled, uh, but she has left her scarf behind. Um, dad picks it up, takes a nice big whiff of it. Kind of weird. Kind of <laughs> weird. Little bit str- Okay. I don't remember what, like, how advanced weird jokes were ten years ago, uh, but I feel like the sheer volume of, like, weird smell-fetish-related humor and non-humor has made this page age a little bit more poorly than it was supposed to. <laughs> I... <laughs> just, just the word sniff. Just I hate it, it. It's so bad. <laughs> I hate it. Um, but but yes, Dad. Dad has discovered a clue. Uh, the mystery deepens. Um. Uh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Clear. Clear in my mind. I'm clear. Clear. Clear in my mind. Clear in my mind. Okay. 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 Focus. Focus. Uh, the monitor has not lost track of mom she is uh overlooking a hillside um far far away from the the site of the incident um and baby rose is there also and she has the uh the soiled uh bunny um like like was referenced in rose's letter with the with the sewn up one so rose also got a bunny uh john hits the button again it makes the ghost juice of mom um, and it fills the last tube, uh, and the, the computer does some stuff, and then it makes four little babies of, uh, of mom, grandpa, nana, and bro. Great. They're all here. Great. They're all here. <laughs> um, the, the baby sprites are really funny to me. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, I love, uh... I love I love baby uh bro a lot. Um it's just his face. It's good. Yeah. Um John pushes the button again, or well, the Muty pushes the button. Uh Dr. Meowgun. Um and uh it, it runs another sequence and it makes four more babies of the kids themselves. Th- this this is a turning point in, in the comic and the homesick phantom as a whole um th- this part uh very plainly explains why so many well well two two of the early homestuck ships are very bad and pretty much and and that would be jade x john and rose x dave because they are siblings this this is this is flat out saying hey they're they're siblings stop yeah pretty much um it it's a little it's a little weird, champ. Uh, I, I don't think that Jade John was very popular ever. I the, the, there were fans. The there were definitely fans. But um, but uh, but it was it was definitely a minor rank ship. Yeah. Um, it was. I, I would go out on a limb and say that it's pr- it was probably the least popular straight pairing. Uh, at least before the troll showed up. Yeah. Um, Dave Rose, on the other hand, uh... Scary. Was... 
I mean, any Dave ship was, like, popular by default. Yeah. Pretty much. And there was a lot of, like... Dave Rose is probably... Dave Rose, unfortunately, is probably the least advanced, like, fucked up and weird Dave ship. Yeah. Um... Uh, but it still spurred a lot of discourse back in the day where people, whenever this happened or like, uh, whenever people would find out that Dave and Rose were siblings, um, it, 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 it caused a lot of discourse because a lot of people did really like the pairing before this revelation. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, and like we've been talking about, like, there is like a lot of weird, like, sexual tension in a lot of the early dialogue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cat's out, cat's out of the bag now. Uh, Dave Rose is bad. Um, it's weird. Uh, Stop. I, I don't care if... Stop shipping it, please. <laughs> I don't care if they were raised separately. It's still kind of fucking weird. Agree. Um, Agree. Anyway, mo- moving on. Um, do you want to discuss the, the better Phantom topic, which is Baby Dave? Uh... Baby Dave, great. I think we talked about Baby Dave already, and the whole I, I th- the whole Baby Dave meme where like he would be edited into like everything. And yeah, I think I talked about how I printed out pictures of him and like posted them around my school. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Baby Dave, fun time. It, the, the the page eighteen ninety one is the the first time is like. Where we actually see the little uh, baby Dave clinging yep, sprite. That's it. That's that's the sprite. I wish again. I wish that the forums were not dead because I want to find one. Somebody made an SVG of a scalable vector graphic, like what Wikipedia has for like diagrams. Yeah. Uh, of the baby Dave clinging thing, and SVG for anybody who doesn't know is a it's like an image file um that you can zoom in however much you want because the the image data is encoded in vectors and not, like, per pixel. So it's lines that you can just zoom in as far as you want and it'll automatically adjust to be as smooth as you want. Yeah. So you could blow this baby Dave up as big as you wanted. Um, <laughs> you could you could print him out. Uh, you could uh, print him out onto poster paper. You could just make you could make the biggest baby Dave you wanted. You could Photoshop him on anything. You could put him on your Christmas tree. You could do anything. Uh, it was a fantastic, stellar meme. Um, and that's really all there is to say on the matter. Agree. I miss him. I miss it. Me too. One of... <laughs> uh, John levels up so hard as a result of this uh, that his pork hollow, which I don't think has been visited for a good couple hundred, if not over a thousand pages, gets crushed by the giant boon buck to see, uh, that he see. earns. <laughs> Rest in peace. Um, But yeah. Uh, nearby John... Um, navigating the veil nearby, uh, the Grandpa Harley, live Grandpa Harley, uh, is piloting a big old ship through the veil. Um, on board, uh, Dad and Mom reunite, uh, Dad presents to her her scarf, she dons it again, and they, they hold hands, they look up into the sky, and look at what I, I think is Skya, probably. Yeah. Uh, something that I want to point out about this part. Uh, I would assume at this point of the comic, when it was being posted, the fandom was still wondering, like, what the deal with Grandpa being in the game was. And it, hmm. it very plainly just 
lays out his timeline just in text very uneventfully where 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 it says an old man has much to do before he returns to earth dies gets stuffed by his adopted yet biological daughter slash granddaughter and stuck in front of a fireplace <laughs> yep it it just all all mystery just snatched out of the hands of the people <laughs> i mean you know what it's fair enough it is fair it's just comically boring how it was just handed also uh the other line on that page um Taking priority at the moment is shipping two passengers long overdue for a reunion. Do you think this is a pun intentionally or not? I I I think it's intentional. It's it's pretty good anyway. <laughs> uh dad dad ex mom to this day, well probably not to this day, is 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 a fairly popular ship. I know it was big back in the day. I don't remember a lot about it. Uh but given that like a lot of the content I consumed was like around uh hive bent uh popularity and so no one really gave a fuck about the humans yeah anyone who was like crazy about shipping and stuff no one gave a fuck about the humans at that point um unless it was interspecies ship yeah um but yeah dad mom uh pretty wholesome i appreciate it it's cute um i i like the little detail that dad has a wallet fetch modus <laughs> i think this answers a question i had like several thousand pages ago uh where i inquired as to whether everybody had a had like a fetch modus um and i guess everybody does or at least dad does yeah but, yeah it's cute um yeah i love i like this page uh 1902 it's it's a it's a nice picture yeah um yeah uh or um anyway back to the lab uh the the babies are just fucking wreaking havoc going, everywhere. Bro in the in the broken test tube is like Bro has already shattered a piece of lab equipment is playing in broken glass. <laughs> um <laughs> baby Dave is clinging to more things. Uh and uh John receives a message from Carcat. Um where Carcat uh ridicules him about the ultimate riddle um john is getting pretty good here really good here at fucking with carcat yeah um carcat basically like he comes in he explains like what a paradox clone is uh it's like someone whose existence is like a self-fulfilling time loop where the the kid the kids and the guardians are all this where they were originally created as clones of themselves as adults and then their existence, they are their own clone, basically. Um, yeah. Literally. We go back in time. Uh, the ultimate riddle, and the answer is basically the kids were always meant to see their own existence. Um, and as a result of that, the timeline up to this point was completely inevitable because they had to come into existence somehow. And so John had to get to the point where he did this. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, it's it's nothing. Everything uh has to happen that way. Yeah, even down to like a a, a failed timeline where John gets killed because of Terezi. All of it is necessary, mm. which is pretty cool. I was gonna, I was gonna bring up that timeline and like, this is maybe a little bit too brain hurdy territory, but like in the context of just that timeline when it happened, like. 
I I guess I can forgive the narrative for not just immediately stopping to exist because suddenly John can't make all the paradox clones. Yeah. But it's maybe a minor plot hole, but I can forgive it because it's literally impossible to tell a story with time travel and alternate timelines without having some bullshit plot hole. Yeah. Because time travel isn't real and it doesn't fucking work. I am nodding. Uh, I'm making a bold, making a bold claim. Um, but I, I, if time travel were real, we would know by now because it wouldn't matter when it was invented. That's my stance. Um, controversial. Yeah, my opinion uh, differs, but we we will we will save that. We can (laughs) we can have a a a time travel debate episode. As far as just as far as fiction goes. Um, I don't really care how much sense your time travel makes when I think about it really hard, as long as you tell a compelling story around it. Yeah. That's my stance on it. Uh, one of my favorite games of all time, Chrono Trigger. Um, uh, if you haven't played it, you should play it. It's one of the best RPGs ever made. Uh, but that game's plot makes no fucking sense at all. It's just all stupid time travel bullshit. It makes absolutely no sense. Uh, but it's still uh, really great. Um, and I, I, I can clear, I can classify this as the same thing, where, you know, it's, it's still pretty cool, and it's a pretty cool reveal that the kid, that, like, this whole thing is self-fulfilling. Yeah. Um, Karkat explains that he was in the same position in his session, where he had the, because this is a built-in part of the game, is that the, the players end up uh, leading to their own existence through the events of the game. And Carcat was the same, the same role as John here, uh, where he had to create the paradox clones of him and all of his co-players, uh, which evidently was a complete fucking nightmare because uh, troll family trees are significantly more complex than human ones are. <laughs> um, also, hence the name carcinogeneticist. Yeah. Uh, this kind of raised this like raises a lot of questions. To me, in terms of like, what's like, the game now inherently like it's revealed that it like inherently permeates every facet of all of the kids' existences, and like it was inevitable from their birth, quote unquote, that they would end up playing it, and like this would happen. So like this kind of leads more into like the it, it makes me wonder more like. I want more in terms of, like, the adults, which we just talked about not getting more of, and, like, the the process by which the game came into being, and, like, how the, the kids ended up being, like, 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 what's the deal with the game? Like, how far does the rabbit hole go that it influenced reality enough that the kids, like, like... I can't articulate it completely in words, but, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, there there are some aspects that are, like, further explained in Act 5, Act 2. Uh-huh. And some things are touched on in Act 5, Act 1 that could be applied to, like, the, the human situation. But, mm-hmm. uh, not much more is explained. And I, I do agree that I wish, like, more, more explanation was given Mm -hmm. yeah i mean like they've stepped it up from like this is a really weird gigantic insane thing that the kids have just kind of stepped into by chance from that to uh 
the kids were destined to be part of this gigantic batshit game scheme. Yeah. Uh, and, like, it's a, it's a cool way of, like, not really upping the stakes, but, like, upping the, the, um, the intrigue of the, the plot here. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and, and Karkat also just ex- basically just explains exactly here what we just all gone over with, like, oh, you made you, yourself, and your guardians, that's what happened. Yeah. Um... John sets the trap uh, that that we saw in the last Pestilogue, where he's, like, uh, he says that humans come out as little, they hatch as little pink larvae, um, which is just pretty funny. I love I love it when Carcat uh, lies a rake on the ground and then walks into it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, John uh, tends little pink monkeys. Um... He, the, the, uh, let's see, uh, baby grandma, baby Nana, I keep wanting to call her grandma, she's Nana, um, she's found the hat, uh, baby John has already taken a liking to the Colonel Sasker book, uh, which is adorable, um, baby bro has, uh, is already fallen asleep on, uh, dream little Cal's lap, which is disturbing. I hate it. Uh... Baby Grandpa's dual-wielding flintlock pistol. <laughs> uh, baby, baby Dave is, like, riding Maple Hoof, which is, like, I, I, I don't know what this connects to, um, but I like it. It's funny. Yeah. It's cute. Uh, Carcat, again, uh, starts trolling John. Um, they, this is, this is one of the few instances where we have two troll pester logs that are both a few, they're both a few minutes later, uh, from both perspectives, they're being sane and linear. Um, Karkat, uh, again, just kind of explains, like, what happens. Like, the kids, the babies get sent to different meteors in the, re- in the Reckoning. Uh, the Reckoning occurs, they get sent through the defense portals, they end up on Earth at different times. Uh, pretty, uh, pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Not really self- yeah. Um, we get a we get a car cat key smash. Car cat key smashes. It's so weird. <laughs> um, like John has really gotten car cat tilted to the point where he's just earnestly key smashing. It, uh, it's in frustration. It's weird seeing a key smash that is definitely like like the connotations of a key smash have changed drastically since this that this has happened in comic. So. I feel like a modern Homestuck reader will see this and be like, "Haha, Carcat bottom," and oh fuck off. I'm but I'm yes, serious. Right. I it yeah yeah. You are you are you are not incorrect. The the key smashing bottom meme is a giant meme. Um, a little bit annoying. Uh, but like you know whatever. Um, whereas like a key smash like. The along like, just kind of express like general frustration. Yeah. Or I don't know. It, it's always could it 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 could always mean a lot of like random shit. Um. But like frustration is clearly what it means here. Yeah. Uh, but like it's it's kind of fun. It is funny how like this kind of thing changes over time. It doesn't really mean anything in itself, but like, I guess you could interpret it as like he's laughing or something. I don't know. Like like. He, 
Like like a like a like a Twitter key smash. Yeah. Um. Then he he, he has a face palm. He has another face palm. Carcass really frustrated. He's absolutely in 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 tatters. Um. We go to AR shredding through the uh the 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 veil. I keep wanting to say the furthest ring, and that's not correct. Um, different thing. Um, he finds the meteor with the, the frog temple on it, uh, and out of, uh, curiosity and desire to uphold the law and destroy the contraband, he goes inside, um, finds the elevator, uh, finds the time capsule, um, finds a giant screen, uh, and then, uh, we, we get a little, we get some more, uh, past uh past footage yeah. here um we see uh that baby nana has now been has, has brought the hat with her she was just playing with has been taken in by a uh, colonel sassaker of all people um who truly after uh, it mentions that colonel sassaker is uh married to um let's see uh, the uh, notable baked goods baroness. Uh, gonna just throw. We'll say it's Betty Crocker. Yeah, like, um, like who else, who else could it be at this point? <laughs> Betty Crocker is like excel, like slowly but surely picking up speed and becoming a major plot thing in Homestuck. Uh, which is horrifying. Um, because it only gets crazier from here on out. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say it now instead of instead of later. Uh. This segment, uh, like I said earlier, like these these past segments where we see like what what was going on in the past, um, they're they're some of my favorite parts of Homestuck, and I I think I've brought it up before in a, in, a, in a prior episode, but Hussey did like shadow drop like a a timeline that he used around this period mm-hmm. that was like a complete timeline from like the like. I want to say like the 1700s on Earth up until the modern day, of like was this the infam- was this the controversial timeline? Yeah, the the controversial Skynet systems timeline. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it really fills in like all the holes of like what happens after what we're seeing now, all the way up until like the kids play the game. And mm-hmm. regardless of like controversy, I do think it's a very good timeline, and I do think we should have an episode one day. After we finish Homestuck proper, maybe, where we do go over that timeline. Because I do think it's good world building. I there'll, there'll probably be room for like a loose ends uh a loose ends episode or, or two where we just yeah. go over shit and talk about it. But yeah, uh yeah. that's that's far in the future. Although I would like to point out that we are on page one thousand nine hundred and sixteen, and that means in that in eighty four pages we will be basically a quarter done with the comic. Yes. Which is probably not completely representative because, you know, page density and word count. Yeah. But also just terrifying. Scary. Uh, we're we've we've chunked we're chunking in. We're this we're comic. in this. The the podcast is real. We made it happen. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, awesome. Good for good for us. Um we might even make it to fifteen whole episodes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, we're in the past, um, I would agree, I think it is really cool, 
uh, when, like, we see the, like, the past stuff, because it's just cool world building that it, it goes back this far. Yeah. I like it. Um, I like the, that even though we have a bullshit time travel plot that makes no sense sometimes, um, it, the gaps are filled in pretty well. Yeah. It's, it's neat. Uh, what else do we see here? Um, Colonel Sassaker has a dog called Hallie. Uh, H-A-L-L-E-Y. Um, the, a meteor has, has crashed in his, in his, in his yard, uh, or on his estate, I suppose. Um, and it has demolished the, the dog house, the, the, the Pally's dog house. Um, his his immediate assumption that his dog is dead, and then his immediate reaction is that he's going to kill himself, <laughs> is so funny. <laughs> what what is jewel a julep drink? Um, I actually don't know what julep. Is. I don't either. It's, it's a julep drink. Uh, I read this and I this this sounds like he's going to poison himself. Um. Okay. The mint julep is a mixed alcoholic drink or cocktail consisting primarily of bourbon, sugar, water, crushed or shaved ice, and fresh mint. So it's just alcohol. But it sounds like he's going to kill himself. It completely looks like he is about to poison himself. <laughs> because it says he'd rather he'd sooner perish himself than lose that dear animal. Um, I don't know. It would be, it'd be pretty funny. Uh, but it's... I don't know. I, 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 it's still pretty funny that uh, he sees this and he, he, uh, he immediately breaks out his flask and uh, starts drinking. Um, and then he gets shot. <laughs> he gets shot in one of the other funniest pages in this entire comic. Uh, this this two panel thing, nineteen eighteen and nineteen nineteen, the people would think reports of the man's death were greatly exaggerated, but they weren't. And then it cuts to baby grandpa dual wielding flintlock pistols, having just shot Colonel Sassaker in the heart. Great aim, really great Fucking aim. Perfect. Fucking perfect. Uh, it top tier. This is this is one of the funniest jokes in Home. Yeah, this, we really hit a lot of the greatest that hits in this reading. Yeah. When when I said previously that Act Four to me is like contains a lot of the high points i'm remembering shit like the sword uh, and uh like baby grandpa dual wielding flintlock pistols yeah uh but yeah uh sasuke has been murdered um i i also love 1920 where like he's just lying on the ground covered in blood yeah and uh baby nana and baby grandpa are meeting each other uh, an old colonel lost, but a new brother gained. Um, the uh, the target for this terminal that AR is watching this on, because this AR is watching this, uh, is locked on the dog, um, Hallie. Uh, the text says that uh, baby grandpa um, mispronounced it as Harley, which is you know. Maybe, like, I guess, I guess we can say this is where the Harley family name comes from, probably? Yeah. Uh. Makes you wonder, I, I, my, my first thought here, uh, plot hole, 
how did baby grandpa uh learn the dog's name because he just fucking murdered his owner yeah there's a lot of questions about this part like he's a baby why is he Mm -hmm. why is he pronouncing the dog's name in the first place like he's an actual baby but then again like he just shot he just shot a guy (laughs) uh because you're up fast I, I think there's just a lot of things that you're just expected to, to disregard. Yeah, I don't really care. Yeah, it doesn't um, matter, like, at Harley, all. That name could have come from fucking anywhere. Um, yeah, we fast forward 13 years, um, where, uh, the, the now, the now, uh, young teen grandpa, yeah. uh, leaves, um, Nana, uh, he rides away on the dog. That's an old-ass fucking dog. Um, uh, for, he, cause he's developed a taste for adventure, um, and he's, he's heading out. Uh, AR doesn't really get it, uh, it seems pointless to him, um, not related, not evidence for the crime that he's investigating, um, but, uh, he hears the elevator behind him start to go off, and, uh, so he immediately hides as he sees, uh, the draconian dignitary uh, enter, uh, the room. Um, Dee Dee is carrying the journals that he stole from Dave's apartment, uh, as well as the suburb beta. Uh, he discards the journals he doesn't need, which is, he discards the journal and the beta. Um, the beta conveniently, also conveniently lands in the pod of the time capsule, um, which, of course, uh, Sets it 413 million years from now, um, to bloom whenever it shows up, whenever, uh, Jade needs the suburb beta, uh, a couple hundred pages ago. Um, and he approaches the, the ectobiology machine, uh, while holding the genetic code notebook. Um, we go back to John, um, and John and Karkat have another conversation. Uh, where Karkat basically explains, you know, um, John is like, well, shouldn't we have a, don't we have some time for the reckoning? And Karkat's like, no, your reckoning starts in a few minutes. Um, John asks, uh, what about our game, uh, is so fucked up that has caused, that, that's making it go so wrong? And Karkat basically says, uh, it's, yep, Jack Noir. He explains, uh, the role Jack Noir had in the Trolls game session where, he was, uh, he basically did the same thing, but, uh, he didn't go, like, batshit rogue, um, and he, uh, helped, uh, deal with the, uh, the black, the, um, what did he do? Uh, he helped deal with the queen. Uh, so they only yeah, have one boss uh, to deal with. Uh, something worth noting, um, it does say here that the black queen was exiled, and... Yes. I, I think the word exile is very specifically used yeah, uh i mean we it, it, it said in the recap that um it, it basically it confirmed the recap that the black queen in the troll session became snowman okay in the intermission uh okay and through some means became intertwined with the existence of the universe yeah Doesn't okay specify that but maybe yeah. i should have read the recap <laughs> yeah fuck you because like I, I knew that I do all like, the heavy I, lifting I, around here, motherfucker. Like I knew that I knew that happened. You didn't bring it up when you did the recap. Recap. That's so true. like my fault. 
we're both at fault here. We're. Uh, I think this is the part where we we announce that we are stepping down as the host of this podcast. We we have new hosts lined up. <laughs> um, we're not doing a good job. <laughs> Passing the bill. Um, that's a that's a joke. Uh, maybe it's not a joke. Find out next week. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. The. The, yeah, the reminder that the Black Queen in the Troll Session was exiled and then became uh, the 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 felt-adjacent snowman leader. Um, but yeah, Kirkgut explains the Jack Noir kind of went rogue as well in their session, but he didn't fucking flip out and murder all the monarchs and become the super, super boss. Yeah. Um... Karkat explains uh, object-oriented programming concepts to John in terms of Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> Am I wrong? You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he explains object instantiation and how they both have a Jack Noir. They have the same behavior. They have the same appearance, but they do different things because they're, di- they're, they're different Jack Noirs. They're different Bandicoots. Um, but, yeah. Uh, one more, one more minor diversion before we go into the major diversion that is the next Flash. <laughs> um, th- this reminds me of a meme I saw a while ago where somebody explained the concept of, like, having a waifu in terms of object-oriented programming, where, like, it- it's the stupidest thing in the world. Hello? I-, I don't know why, this just reminded me of this, cause, uh, but it was, like, a meme where someone explained, like, okay, so we both, we both really like this anime girl. Uh, and we both have this idea of what she's like, and so they're like different instances of the same objects. They come from the same thing, but to us they're different things. I don't know why I thought of that. Um, probably because... It's really funny. It, 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 it's, yeah, uh, but it's also, like, you know, not the worst analogy. Yeah. I don't know. Th- there's a limited number of memes or places that I've seen an explanation of object-oriented programming used to illustrate a different point, and so they all make me think of each other. And this is one of them. I don't know. I, who the fuck? Who gives a shit about object-oriented programming? Um, Facts. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, John at this point has the idea to reenact a scene from Con, the, the final scene from Conair again, and boy, oh boy, I didn't even know it's a write down for this flash. Uh, <laughs> you do yeah, this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, great flash. It first is a of tour all. de force. <laughs> I, I, I did watch this flash recently. Uh, when when P and D had a movie night mm-hmm. because we watched Con Air, and then I because I was like P and D being your Discord server. Yeah. Yeah. Well, PD being a Discord group, you were a member of. Yeah, a group of friends that I met on uh, Bucket Stuck, the 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 Homestuck server I admin on. I talk about this in the first episode. Um, lore, lore. Uh, but we 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 watched Con Air because a lot of people hadn't seen it. I think our our good friend Kine, I believe, was one of the only other people who had seen it. Mm-hmm. If if he was one of the ones who had seen, I can't remember. But after it was done, we we watched this flash. Because it's it it's good. It's fucking it, amazing. 
It's even better if you've seen the movie. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna. I need to rewatch the movie sometime soon. Um. But yeah, this is this flashes. I. I, I, I don't, uh, my, my notes literally just say, I don't even know what to say. Um, like, like the two things that are like relevant in this flash are like, there's relevant things in it. Yeah. It's just John giving the bunnies to, to Rose and Jade. That's it. Oh, but yeah. that's like already been established. It It's just that it needed to be shown. But <laughs> I, I love that he enacts it once, uh, with, with baby Rose. And then realizes he can do it again, and does it again with Baby Jade, just distributing bunnies. It's good. Uh, um, the the cover of the song, uh, done by Michael Bowman. Guy Bowman. Yeah, Bowman. Um, yeah, really good. I Bowman's a great singer. He really is. Um, uh, he uh, there's what's the name of the uh the album that was on the that's on the Homestuck Bandcamp that he also did. Um, uh, uh, something. Mobius Trip and Hadron Kaleido. Yeah, one of my favorite Homestuck songs of like all time is on there. It's it's uh Dawn of Dawn of Man, I think is the name of it. I haven't listened to it in forever, but I know that. Uh, it's very, yeah. very great songs. Uh, very great musician. Very great Flash. That's mm-hmm. it. This is just the most important Flash in Homestuck. <laughs> The the John and the filthy wife beater with the mullet is a really powerful image. It it's the the like scribble shot that's like a recreation of the plane going down oh, at the it's end of amazing. the movie. My only problem with that shot is at the end of the movie the car is not still attached to the back of the plane. Listen. It it it's it's a discrepancy that I need to bring up with Hussey. I have to make sure that he knows that that's that's not how it happened in the movie. I was gonna say, do you think Hussey had seen Conair at this point? But he definitely, like, no way he hadn't. <laughs> for 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 it to be an ongoing bit for this long, and even further into Homestuck, that he's have to have seen it more than like twice. Yeah. Um, I'm. He owns the bunny. Like. <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh. Hi. Okay. I I just okay. I just went to the page to check the, the, the author notes, see if there's anything interesting. And I think Chrome has finally stopped wanting to display Flash content, uh, which is tragic. And it means I have to watch the Flashes in Firefox probably now. Uh, I've been watching it in, in, in Chrome. No, like, just, okay, so I right now, can you see it in Chrome right now? Yeah. Okay, I have to take this up with Mr. Google. Because I have Flash enabled. I, I had Flash enabled as well. I was doing uh, right up until yesterday. Voice crack. Right up until yesterday, I saw I I looked at uh, some Flash pages. Uh, I mean I mean Chrome Chrome does the thing where it like turns it off and you have to like turn it back on. But... I fucking hate Chrome. I hate Google. It's stupid. Um. Agree. <laughs> oh God. Bless you. That was the that was the Fago coming back for revenge. Uh, okay, hmm. okay, uh, okay. Um, huge development. Huge. This is huge. Uh, from the notes, uh, the the Connor money that Hussey owns is not the self same one in the iconic scene. Yo, what? It is the one in the original package that was in one of the earlier scenes in the film that Nick Cage buys for his daughter. That different bunny. Huh. 
Uh, I didn't know there were different bunnies. It is still in the original packaging, apparently. Um, God, that's kind of cooler. That that's that's a little bit cooler. Yeah. Um, I choose to believe that the that they are the same bunny, but Hussey's bunny just hasn't gone through its Homestuck esque sequence of time travel bullshit and gone <laughs> gone back in time to the filming of Con Air to become the filthy filthy bunny at the end of the movie. <laughs> Uh, one day, one day. Um, I don't. <laughs> okay, he does note that the car uh was not was not there when the plane <laughs> crashed into the Hard Rock guitar or the Hard Rock Cafe guitar. <laughs> um. Uh, let's see. I I don't <laughs> I don't know. Uh, n nothing really, nothing really super groundbreaking here besides that. I mean, that's pretty groundbreaking. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you chose to end it, you chose to end the reading here, uh, at the best flash in the world. I mean, it is the end of Act 4. It, sa it says it right there. It says end of Act 4. We went right there. It we went up to 1933. Uh, it, it says psych at the end of I it. know. I know. <laughs> Got to leave on an actual cliffhanger that there's more left. Um, yeah, and fucking boy, oh boy, the rest of the rest of Act Four is even more of a roller coaster. It's <laughs> good. I we're not there yet. I can't wait for next week's episode, which we're gonna record in what two days? Something like that. I don't Something know. like that. Whenever we decide on it. Uh, but yeah. Um, I I don't know how many times we can just say that this flash is the best thing in the entire comic. Um, and that it is, it is the, it, it, yeah, uh, we, we got the, like, the three, like, home run, out of the park, humor, high points in Homestuck, which is this Flash, the sword, and baby dual-wielding flintlock pistols. Uh. What a, what a great episode. This comic's amazing, actually. Yeah. Um. I can't wait for it all to start going downhill and we start hating it. Oh, me too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't. Well, I, 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 uh, I mean, like future speculation. I don't know. I probably. Am, I, I know that we're going to definitely just. We're gonna have good fun times at least up until like six thousand pages in. To which point, I will, will not remember anything, or like I will be in new territory for me, and that's when the wild card comes in. Yeah. Uh, but like. Up until then, like, I think that we are now kind of at the, we, the, the, we, not not to say that, like, it's plateaued, but, like, we are at the level that I really enjoy of the comic. Yeah. Where it kind of is constantly introducing, it's constantly, like, reintroducing, like, introducing answers, more questions, more bullshit, and, yeah. like, more just weird jokes. And I, like, uh... This, I think that this and the last episode are kind of a really good microcosm of everything I like about the comic. Yeah. Um, I know that, like, we spent endless time before we got to Act 4 saying, I can't wait to get to Act 4, and now we're, like, almost done with it. But, like, I was basically right about, uh, what I remember at Act 4, because, like, you, ha like, we have, like, the cool character stuff that's happening, um, that I'm really interested in getting more of, uh, with, like, Dave Sprite, um, and, like, the alternate timeline stuff, and different versions of the same character and all that. 
uh, we got like the we we started getting more of like the actual plot happening in terms like the the video game plot with Jack Noir, and we're just getting weird shit like this. It's it's, it's good. good. It's it's good. I love it. Love Homestuck. I feel like we say it's good towards the end of episodes a lot. Um, but I think it's I mean warranted. we're not we're not wrong. We're not wrong. At least not for at least not for now. Um. But yeah, it's this is this was this was a this was a really good uh series of this was a really good two episode streak so far I think yeah um and I'm hoping that uh that our next one uh fills out the trilogy of the end of Act Four sequence yeah the back half of Act Four if I remember remember correctly Act Four does have a really good ending yeah um and. Next next week's episode should be more chill for everyone all around because it's probably not going to go past the hour mark unless we make it go past the hour mark. <laughs> anyway, uh, we yeah we are creeping up on the two hour mark right now. Yeah. Um, uh, hopefully for a while we won't have really long episodes like this because uh Act Five Act One has a a structure more similar to like Acts One through Three. So we'll probably be be chilling in the hour to like hour thirty range, but we'll t- when, once we get to Act Five, we'll have an off-screen conference or off-mic conference where like we talk about uh breaking it up and like yeah. how we can chunk it out. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, I feel like uh, yeah, we're doing um doing pretty good right now. Um. Do you have any do you have any uh, closing thoughts on this on this chunk after um, I just on for like 20 minutes? Uh uh my closing thoughts are I regret drinking this fago. Uh kind of bummed me out as we as we got further into the ep- episode. <laughs> um uh fago if you're listening, uh discontinue the red pot flavor. Please. <laughs> I'm begging you, make make twelve packs of the the pineapple flavor, and then we're fine. But get rid of the, please get rid of red pop. History has vindicated it in shrubs that. <laughs> you want to take it to the close? Yeah, sure. Uh, you can do it again. Uh, all right, you 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 fellows have been listening to a Homestuck podcast. Uh, I'm John. I'm Aiden. Uh. Next week we're gonna we're gonna finish off Act Four, so when it, whenever you get a, a a command that says Act Five, just don't click it, just wait there. So um, for clarification's sake, we are reading we are reading all of the stuff that comes in between Acts Four and Five. Yes, and that is, that's just just to be sure. Uh, the the last page that for that is nineteen eighty eight, right? Uh, the that's that's the giant recap log, the second giant recap log. Right yeah, before the command yeah, we're we're gonna finish on the the recap. Okay, recap two. Uh, because this is probably the biggest. Uh, this is probably the biggest chunk of like those weird intermediary pages that we didn't really have to deal with since Act Two, where yeah. it's after Act Four ends before Act Five begins. Yeah, but yeah. Um, uh. Have we already done our names? I'm John. Yeah, yeah we already did. Uh, he's Aiden. Just, uh, just, just, no, just so you know, just so you get it stuck in your head. 
We just uh, uh, listen. I'm new to this. Okay. <laughs> uh, shout out, shout out, followers. Um, shout shout out uh to our editor uh Alex. Yeah. Shout, uh, shout out to all the new followers, especially. Shout out to all the new followers. If you came from uh Corin's tweet, uh, shout out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's like... insane. We we jumped in like what, like seventeen followers? Uh, we got like twenty. We got more than twenty, I think. Uh, Crazy followers from that. Crazy. Um, really appreciate the attention. <laughs> shout out Corin in general. I know you're listening. Um, our our biggest fan. We love her. Li- literally the first, the Homestuck podcast stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that'll about do it. Thank you all for listening. Very much. Uh, uh, see you in the next episode. See you next week, everybody. Ah! What the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good place to stop recording. How do I get through one night without you? If I had to live without you, what kind of life would that be? Oh, and I. You're my world, my heart, my soul If you ever leave Baby, that would take away